Hi everyone, this is Mary Jane. Welcome to Mary Jane French Novice, the show where I talk to people about subjects they're very passionate about that I know little to nothing about. And we are back after three weeks off. We were gone there for a while, mostly just because, well, for full transparency, because this is kind of a, a one-woman operation of a show. Like Other than the people who agreed to talk to me, you know, I book the interviews, I set up the recording equipment, I edit the audio, and I post the episodes and stuff. It's a pretty maintainable show, but life just got a little busy. I try to keep a backlog of interviews so that I just need to record the bumpers each week, but, you know, some stuff just caught up. So we are back, and that just might be something that happens every couple months where we take a couple weeks off. But we're back, we're rolling, we're hitting our stride again, and we're here. I'm so excited to be putting out this conversation, this week is my conversation that I had a little while ago, actually, with Tommy McPhail, who is a friend of mine. He's in the weekdays, and the reason that we waited so long to put out this episode is because last Friday, on July 7th, the weekdays put out a new album entitled Tight. You can find it on theweekdays.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-A-W-E-A-K days.bandcamp.com. And you can find it there. You can also, it's on Possum Heart Records, and you can just, you can find it in all the places. It is called Tight. It is by The Weekdays, and you can find links to find that in the description of this episode, and it's fantastic. Tommy and I, this week, talk about uh, DIY touring and all, uh, and all that stuff. And, you know, since Tommy and I are buddies, we kind of, like, veer off. And Tommy gets me kind of excited. So I speak up a little bit more in this conversation than I have in previous episodes of the show. And it, we end up getting on topics like, you know, the main topic is DIY touring. But we also, we, we end up in the areas such as just, like, general uh, creative outlook and philosophy and how to go about making uh, your art and specifically his music and... Yeah, so this is the conversation with Tommy, who is half of the weekdays, and yeah, let's get right down to it. So tell me about touring. What do you want to know? Uh, that's <laughs> okay. That's like the most like obvious response, but it's like I don't know. I've I've thought about it a lot. Mm. I yeah, that's such a stock answer. I've thought about it a lot. I've done it somewhat. Mm-hmm. So it's like I don't know that there's any like one launch pad to be like, oh, here's the one thing you need to know. Besides, <laughs> like if you see a Nazi, punch him and leave because you're only in town that night. You know, like beyond that, like there's not like one thing that really like stands out no absolutely but um what 
So how old were you when you first were like, this is something I wanted to do? Okay. So I was, I, I grew up in Wisconsin, first of all. Um, mm-hmm. I was a Navy kid, so I moved around a lot. And like having a sense of home was really weird because it's like you're with people and like your family members are consistent and like the Navy's a constant, mm-hmm. consistent, constant, whatever. Um, but I grew up in Wisconsin and so a lot of like the suburb life in the Midwest is just like so isolating. Mm-hmm. Like you go... Like, the only things you can do for fun are, like, go to the movies, go to the high school football game, go to Denny's, and on a good night, all three, you know? <laughs> and so, it was, like, there was always, like, it sounds, like, super pop punk and cheesy, and I hate this, but it was, like, the escapism mentality of, like, hey, getting to do anything. Not, like, leaving town. Mm-hmm. Not, like, I hate this town, because, like, it was okay. Mm-hmm. But, like, the escapism of, like, oh, we're going to go create something. Oh, we're going to go do something. And, like... I'm going to make my own opportunity. Right. And so, like, what that fuels within a bunch of people who have nothing else to do besides, Mm. like, oh, like, these are the three things that were established. I would Mm. say, like, around maybe, like, 10 or 11 was, like, the first time that I was really, like, oh, I'm not going to be, like, the varsity quarterback. (laughs) This is what I'm interested in, and that's okay. You know? Or, like, oh, maybe I won't join the Navy. And, like, those conversations are always ongoing. Mm -hmm. But being in that place Mm -hmm. at that time. And trying to figure out, like, what do you want to do with the time that you have? Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a question we'll always ask ourselves. Yeah. Um, I would say, like, I was just a 10-year-old who had way too many, like, Legos and action figures <laughs> and a existential self-doubt that was like, all right, I would like to make something and I would like to be around people who also want to make some things. Mm-hmm. And in a place where music wasn't supported, that was very hard. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of why touring became like a thing that like I questioned at first it was like oh like you see these big you know big productions and spectacles and like the the Bradley Center and the and fireworks and like the big big artists that and it's like through. oh those are just people that do that they're the people who get to do that um right and there's no like scene path on how you get to be that person who gets right because at a point like nobody necessarily gave those people permission it wasn't just like hey like we want you to go on a 40 date arena tour like that doesn't happen yeah. and so like it, as cheesy as it might sound, I saw that, and it's like you go and you go get the, like the nosebleed seat, and you paid way too much money for it. Mm. And I'm always worried about money because I don't have a lot. So it's like <laughs> even as a kid, it's like okay, you're hyper aware of like a ticket costs a lot of money, mm. and then you get there and like you see the kids who like all just got like a t-shirt or their parents bought them this, that, and the other. Mm. And as a kid, it's like all right, so one, you're having the conversation with yourself. How do you get to the point where like? you're able to do those things a lot, you know? Mm. And, like, not that it's about money. But it kind of is, because money allows you to do shit. Yeah. Um, so you How do this... you get to the point where that's accessible to you? Right. And so you get this nosebleed seat, and, like, mm. if that's all you can afford, and you see this huge spectacle and somebody living out their dream, you don't know if they've had a good day, you don't know if they've had a bad day, you don't know what. Mm-hmm. And as a kid, seeing that, I remember asking myself the question, like, all right, how do you get from this to that? Mm-hmm. You know? And that's, like total like grammy acceptance speech fodder right there but it's like you have i i I feel like anybody who's like a performer Mm -hmm. has that moment for them like i don't want to just throw this all in like stadiums like if you sell out you sell out you know whatever (laughs) but like i also remember experiencing that too in like smaller rooms where it's Mm -hmm. like okay how do i get from the dude that showed up to support his friend and buy a pizza i don't really want Mm -hmm. to like be supportive to no like commanding a room with the presence like that you have for example you know like how do you get like how do you make those connections and how do you get from like one thing to the other thing yeah because that's something that you genuinely interest how do you get from being the person at the show to being the person that someone else thought oh i want them to perform on this show right mm-hmm. and like have something to offer and then what is that you know yeah. and like 
it opens up a ton of questions of like happiness mm. and capitalism and surviving capitalism and just it's a, it's a lot yeah absolutely and and i think that um for both of us um based like what you're saying like um within our respective mediums the answer to how do i get from here to here is by making your own opportunity i'm going to set up my own show that i'm performing on yeah and when you do that frequently enough there are going to be people who are like hey i see what you're doing i like it do you want to do this other opportunity that you didn't put together and it's like oh my right. god I'm on a show that I didn't orchestrate. Right. Oh, how did this happen? <laughs> yeah, and some people go their whole lives and mm. don't get to experience that. And, mm. you know, like, that's that's okay, too. Like, I don't think yeah. that makes anybody's art any less valid. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't get to do that or you don't get to that point. But, mm. like, mentality is a big thing. I mean, there's a part of me that definitely, like, romanticizes the people who are strictly DIY and only do the stuff okay. that they put together themselves. And, like, part of me is, like, it, it's, like... I, I make an active effort to tamp down the part of me that takes that to an unhealthy extreme. Oh, for of sure, like for sure. Shitting on people who are who are like commercially successful because <laughs> right because like that is, I mean, it's not the goal because of capitalism and you need to make money, but it's the goal because it's good to know that you're reaching people and they're going, we want this. Like right, and it's mm. it's tough because like no. you, I, at least in my experience, like you bring up DIY mm-hmm. and it's like. A lot of the people that I've met through like those spaces and like DIY circles, mm-hmm. it's like a lot of them have a good head on their shoulders, but then you can't discount the fact or like completely like avoid the fact that there are so many terrible people who also thrive in those circles because it's so like so much of that remains unchecked. Yeah. Right. And so thinking about it now, like I I, I, I share the same boat with you mm-hmm. where it's like I, I respect the people who are able to you know, get to a point, but I also have to recognize that, hey, like, nobody, whether, like, you're fucking Metallica, or, Mm. like, somebody I met five minutes ago at a show with two people Mm. that aren't in bands, you know, (laughs) it's like, I have to look at it like, hey, like, any of those people could have done something terrible at some point, and, like, everybody's complex, Mm. and you can't sum up a human life in a tweet as John Green of that fucking sounds, (laughs) but, but, you know, like, you you can't, and it's like, I'm not trying to give anybody a pass for terrible behavior, but I think that, like, in calling out people in, Mm. like, like, for, you know, making money off their art, Mm. right, I gotta question that, because it's like, isn't that not the goal for for so many performers, right, Mm. like, and myself included, like, I very much include myself in that. Where it's like, hey, it'd be fucking sweet to pay rent doing the thing that you love and hopefully making a world, the world a less shittier place in the process. Yeah. It's how I always approach it. And mm. it's like, I, as much as I disagree with capitalism, mm. I would very much like to survive under it and well, help others yeah. survive under it. Well, and like, yeah, absolutely. Because well, yeah, the biggest thing, uh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, you, you got me excited. <laughs> That's what it's all about, right? Because I, I, uh, the thing is, like, like, as much as, you know, we might disagree with capitalism, you that doesn't change the fact that we live under it and it doesn't change the fact that the only way to get if you live under it the only way to stop living under it is to win at capitalism so that cuz it under capitalism the means to be able to remove yourself from it and get yourself in a situation requires a lot of money right and the only way to make money as a musician mm-hmm. or i don't know if this has been your experience but as a performer touring like mm-hmm. Bringing us back, bringing us back home. It's like the only way to do that, or mm. like to be somebody that like people want to take a chance on. Yeah, you know, is being able to be around and be mobile mm. and be in a new city every night. And mm. unfortunately, not everybody gets that access, which I question also. Mm. Um, where it's like I've seen some of the craziest, craziest bands, mm. craziest performances in like basements mm. in Buffalo or like halfway across the country in places that I hit up a stranger on the internet. 
Yeah. You know, stuff that is, like, that I think about on, like, a weekly basis, if not, like, a semi-daily basis. Mm. Performances that may not ever leave those cities. Because right? they don't have the means to pile it all into a van. Because they don't have the means to have a van. No, right. Like, and it's tough. It's an incredibly complex game, right? Yeah. Whether, like, vehicles being, like, the first thing. Where yeah. it's, like, I in my touring time, like, we've had, like, a different setup every time we've gone out. You yeah. know? Or, like, a different arrangement to be able to go mm. and even if you have the van it's like okay everybody who goes out has to be able to afford to live like first yeah. and foremost and so if you're going on a, a two-week thing everyone on that tour needs to be able to take off work for two weeks and needs right. to be able to afford to take off work for two weeks right which is an incredibly awesome but also privileged yeah. thing because like not everybody can do that yeah and that's okay right? or have a job they can take with them for two weeks right you know it's mm. it's all of those moving parts all at once. And so mm-hmm. if you even get past like all of that, then it's like, okay, do you have shows booked? Mm-hmm. You know, are they shows that like People does anybody show up to? Yeah, yeah. Like you, I, I don't getting, want to say that, but yeah. Like Are you getting paid to be on those shows? And if you're not, are you able to sell merch? And is it the type of show that people show up and they'll actually buy merch? Right. And it's it's all of those questions. And it's okay mm-hmm. if like people don't show up. Like yeah. I've played shows where nobody showed up. And that's mm-hmm. and like I feel like that is something that everybody has to do yeah. at some point. Well it, and then when you're doing the DIY tour thing though, at least like I would imagine this is like particularly true for bands is that um, when you're in a town where maybe maybe you know the one guy that was your connection to get on that show, mm-hmm. but then if there's three other bands that each have three or four people in them and no one showed up to the show, you still have like 15 people that don't know you. Right. They're playing for their friends, but you, like I, I did a show um, uh, last summer where I, it was just down in Newport News at, okay. um, and, and very few people and very, yeah, it was, it was at Cosby's Comedy Club near CMU and it, very few people showed up, but I was the only Richmond comic on the show, and so there were some people there, but I got... So they all performed for their friends. It was that that situation where there's... This wasn't an open mic, but there's a lot of a lot of times at open mics, if there's not much of an audience, it becomes this weird thing of like, okay, we're just watching each other perform the material that we all know because we've all seen each other do it a million times. Right. And that's the experience they had that night. But I got to perform in front of an audience of comedy nerds because I was performing in front of an audience of all com- almost all comics okay. who don't know me. That's awesome. And so like that was great. For- and so I, I imagine that when you're doing a tour like that, and it's like okay, very few people. Like we've got like maybe two people who aren't in bands, but you've still got like twelve other people who are in bands that don't know you, so they can kind right. of jive with that. Or they're there, so at least they're interested somewhat. You know? Yeah, it creates this like weird thing where I'm sure a lot of people have experienced it, but mm. at least I don't know how to talk about it correctly mm. or if there is a correct way. But like, it's the whole like scene friends game, right? Where like whether you're in the comedy scene. Or whether, like, whatever musical genre, right? Mm. It feels so often, especially on the internet, like a friends club. Where, mm. like, you never know what you're walking into. There was a show that I went to, in, or that I played in Kentucky, mm. after, like, a crazy drive. Long story. Um, but, like, I didn't know what I was walking into, and it was in Kentucky. So, like, we had a lot of assumptions. And I'm not necessarily proud of that. But we were like, okay, like, we don't know what we're getting into. We're going to go play this gig, and then we're going to drive for forever. Mm-hmm. And we get in there... And it was one of the most inclusive spaces and welcoming and thought-provoking spaces that I've ever been in the heart of Kentucky, okay? Mm. I will shout those people out for forever for life. (laughs) I had some of the best conversations there. It's Mm. not even about how the show went or how the music sounded or, like, if we made any money because I don't remember those things. Mm. I remember the people and I remember, like, the fact that it wasn't about, like, 
a, like a ladder climbing game, which yeah. is what I find so much in a lot of these things where it's like, you want to be genuine friends with people yeah. and you want to uplift your friends. Like you were saying where it's mm. like, you start throwing your own thing yeah. and you uplift the people. It's like, Hey, like these are the performances that like inspire me or like, these are like people that I like that mm. are doing interesting things. Yeah. And you want to create those connections genuinely. But then also it's like, you always kind of see these people that in the back of their head, it feels like, they're just kind of like, what can you do for me? And that's like where the conversation starts and ends. And I hate that so much. Yeah. Because like, I this isn't about me, but well, I guess like I'm on the episode, so like, yeah. In a way, it is. You <laughs> ask, you ask the questions, you ask me. That's fine. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Tommy, this is all about you. Thank you. Well, and and here I am trying to make it about you this whole time. So like, see where that goes. Um, no, like I I'm, I'm a very like empathetic person, mm. and like that's by no means me trying to brag, but it's like. It is, it's hard sometimes to like not be able to like think about myself and like Mm. people be like, Hey, like, did you eat today? And I'm like, Oh no, I was worried about this very small inconsequential interaction with another person that they have not thought about since and will not matter ever. Um, I can relate to that. (laughs) Yeah. You know? And so it's like from an empathy standpoint, I'm not perfect Mm -hmm. whatsoever. I fuck up all the time, but like, I'm always thinking about where's this other person coming from? Mm -hmm. And like, also where am I coming from? And like, how do you make that genuine connection? And on tour... That, that can just be really exhausting doing that a lot every single night in a different place with people who like technically don't need to care about you you yeah. know so I, get, I I was thinking about this when you brought up going to CNU and like that network mm-hmm. of comics because when I was doing DIY in my mind it was very much like hopefully somebody pulls you up the ladder you know hopefully somebody sees what you're doing and is like and hands you something mm-hmm. and I brought up when we were talking about the like the arena tours that doesn't necessarily happen. That's not how it works. And it's yeah. not just like, you can't just like wish that dream into existence and that somebody like magically gives you that opportunity. Mm-hmm. You got to work hard and yeah. there's going to be a lot of curveballs and a lot of weird stuff that happens that you have to navigate. And if you're not taking care of your mental health, like through all of that, mm-hmm. like it, it, it is so tough and it's mm-hmm. not okay. Like I see so many people on tour who like either neglect that piece, even if they have the van, even mm-hmm. if they have like work off, even if like they got mm-hmm. some sweet dates lined up with people they like mm-hmm. and it's like easy peasy, whatever, like something's going to go wrong, right? Yeah. You're going to have car trouble at some point and you're going to need money to fix it. What do you do? Mm-hmm. You're going to need an exit plan. Somebody that you take a lot, like take, cause you're taking a risk on a lot yeah. of people. And so like somebody mm-hmm. that you take at some point might upset that balance. And mm-hmm. so even if you have all the other pieces in a row, mm-hmm. if mental health isn't, an active priority mm-hmm. isn't something that you're like actively working on or isn't something that you know the people around you are mm-hmm. interested in taking care of mm-hmm. touring can become a terrible environment that you're in a metal tube for most of the day to go meet a bunch of strangers in a world where i'm pretty sure most of us are introverts or ambiverts like not everyone's <laughs> like hey like let's go see 100 strangers tonight like that's just mm-hmm. not how we work i i re- yeah definitely like my one of the things i've realized is that and it's something i'm trying to change but i only go out if i'm performing on the show interesting and i'm trying to not do that because i want to go out and support other acts when i'm not on the show but like i I i'm exhausted like why why do you do that do you is that it's just it's just that if i wasn't a performer my entire life would be watching cheers okay and 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 that's fair that's just my natural habitat right but but since i do perform that's the only it's not that i it's not that I am like, it's only worth it if I get to do my thing. It's, no, right. it's just that I, I just wouldn't be here if it wasn't for that. Like, no, absolutely. Mm. I, I, I see that. I There was a moment where a few years ago, it was like Christmas Eve, 
mm-hmm. and I was doing YouTube at the time, which was just like, whoa, like a lifetime ago. And I had been like in and out of bands and like committed to things that never came to fruition. And, like mm-hmm. I practiced all the time, but like nothing was really going anywhere. And I was like, all right, instead of like some overgrandized like New Year's resolution mm-hmm. or whatever, I was like, what are what are things that like you actively want to work on? And mm-hmm. I said to myself, all right, I'm gonna become a better music fan. I don't know what that means. I don't know where that's going to go, but I'm going to actively commit to that. And it mm. would, and, and it's hard, right? Mm. Cuz like I consider myself a fan first. You know, like I want I want to see somebody succeed. I want to see you make it. I want to see your performance be dope. Mm-hmm. I want to see a million people show up mm-hmm. and like for you to feel that love cuz like that catharsis and that like you put yourself out there in such a huge way. Mm-hmm. Like to me like that's never a thing that won't be cool. And that's mm-hmm. never a thing that I feel like isn't worthy of respect. Mm-hmm. You know? And so um, I consider myself a fan first, and it was like, how do I actively do that? How do mm-hmm. I actively put myself in a space where I'm going to things, but I'm excited about them? Mm-hmm. And it's not about just like who are your friends here, and mm-hmm. like who like like going to show face. You know, yeah. I hate all of that. Yeah. Um, and so like when I made that commitment, it drastically changed the way that like I look at things and approach things, and like see it where you it, before it was like you go to a show and you might spend the whole night thinking, "Gosh, I wish it was me." Mm-hmm. You know, and like just feeling that whether or not you get anything out of it, you run the risk of like spending the whole night feeling that way. Mm-hmm. And eventually over time, if that's all you do, it like it builds up. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't think that that's healthy mm-hmm. where if you're going to things and like you're participating and you're seeing what everybody else is doing, but mm-hmm. you're also working on your own thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so a balance, I yeah. guess that's the message. Balance is everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the more that you're like doing a little bit of both, I feel like it gives it literally gives you an outlet. Mm-hmm. To be like, hey, I'm not just feeling like, why? When's my turn? Yeah. Um, but also, like, you're... I'm excited about the people that I'm around. I'm excited for what they're doing, genuinely. Right. But then also, I have an outlet to get my own shit out. <laughs> exactly. It it creates more of a community as opposed to just a bunch of mm-hmm. people like waiting for them to be the most important. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, because that that's the one end where if you're only focusing on your shit, then you're just waiting. For, yeah, you're waiting for when you get to be the most important. But if you're only looking at other people's stuff, then you're ignoring your own outlet yeah yeah and like i to an extent like i don't necessarily ever want to be the most important person in a room like <laughs> like i know like we're all the heroes like the protagonists of our own story but like mm-hmm. i'm a white dude you know like <laughs> i like i got shit that has gone for me that like i take for granted and that sucks and i'm mm-hmm. working on that but like hey mm-hmm. like the spotlight does not need to be on me all the time mm-hmm. like, if at all ever like <laughs> So touring, we're now we're kind of getting into like the music territory where it's like, do we need another white dude talking about music? Probably not. I don't want to mansplain anything to anyone ever. I'm so sorry, to anybody listening, if that's how this comes off. Um, well, so I, one thing that I'm curious about because um, we it was brought up earlier, and then we ended up on a tangent where I was here. But I want to I want to backtrack a little bit to you talking about like mental health needing to be an active priority. Yeah. While touring, what are things that you have done in the past to make a point of that? Sure. So the first thing that I have to shout out in this conversation is an organization called Punk Talks. Okay. Um, Sheridan, who runs Punk Talks, is a huge advocate for mental health, specifically for musicians and people on tour. Mm-hmm. And she goes on tour a lot, and she is a mental health professional, and mm-hmm. so like she knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the first time, like I really like got involved with that conversation was hearing her work and like knowing, like being familiar with what she was doing and Mm so to me like my band talks a lot about like mental health and like not positivity for positivity's sake Mm -hmm. but positivity as a tool as a 
coping mechanism as to remain functional right as something that's like hey like we're not ignoring the bad we're not ignoring the reality we're not Mm. just in a world that's all like bright colors and ice cream did you know that if i smile enough it'll trick my brain into thinking i'm happy wow (laughs) that's how we fix depression (laughs) holy no if if only we knew before we start got into art at all that smiling was the way to fix depression, right? No. Um, <laughs> that is not how that shit works at all. So um, when I when I started touring, it, for me, it was a lot of, like, you're in your head a lot. And mm-hmm. you're with people that hopefully share the same ideals as you, but you have a lot of conversations where it's like, hey, finding a sense of comfort can be a whole different ballgame when mm-hmm. your sense of surroundings are different all the time. Mm-hmm. And Especially it, if you're a homebody. Right. And so if you go on tour as an escape, Mm-hmm. Thinking like, oh, like I'm out, I'm doing exciting things, my brain is literally always going to be stimulated, what could go wrong? <laughs> I'm here to tell you that is not the way to take care of your mental health whatsoever, or mm-hmm. like improve. Yeah. Um, There was a tour that I did last year where leaving, I had just had one of the most stressful and like non-stop extra weeks of my life. Mm-hmm. And to, to, to nobody's fault necessarily, like, these were all things that were like, very important and urgent and things that like just added up um Mm -hmm. but i knew when i left for that tour like i was not even remotely close Mm -hmm. to being a functioning person yeah and so the first week of that tour like everything then starts like laying into you and feeling Mm -hmm. like it's the end of the world you know Mm -hmm. our shows were okay but they weren't that great with the Mm -hmm. exception of like the first one where Mm -hmm. we were with friends and it was very much like it doesn't matter we're here we're together Let's breathe. Yeah. You know, like, that first show was great. And then, like, after that, it was, like, the first few nights. It was just, like, hey, anything going wrong? Hey, anxiety attacks, panic attacks. Hey, like, my brain isn't having a good day today. And, like, mm-hmm. that's okay. But, like, when you have to deal with stuff and people mm-hmm. and everything feels like it is directly reflective of you, mm-hmm. it's it's like, a total, like... Because you're not home right now, so you can't right. just go into your room and be like, hey, my brain's not feeling well, I'm just going to... You know, pull back a bit because you're not home. You don't have that ability. Right. You are not only not home, but you're actively putting yourself, like literally putting yourself out there. Yeah. Um, out Every night. Away from home. <laughs> yep. Uh, in front of people and like being like, this is representative of how, like, like I did this so that I could be seen more and hopefully reach more people with what I'm trying to do. And I'm doing it at the point where I'm like at a low point personally. Yeah. Is stressful (laughs) no yeah all all the time and so the biggest thing that like tactic wise i came up with and Mm. it it sounds like common sense but it's it it wasn't for (laughs) the longest time so like here's that life advice that i just dealt with to give you this Uh um it's it it is creating a network of trusted people it's Um, it's having those people that like say like hit me up if you need anything like mm. Especially people who effectively get it, so people mm. who have been on tour, mm. people who don't, but just really love you. You yeah. know, like being able to text those people and be like, hey, here's a bunch of word vomit. Mm-hmm. Hey, don't tell me what I need to hear. Or in some cases, tell me what I need to hear. Mm-hmm. Keep me grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really shifted from like DIY to what a lot of people call DIT, mm-hmm. but uh, specifically locally, Jake Mayday. Um, who he's one of my favorite people. Um, he was the first person to like introduce me to this idea. So mm-hmm. like, I wouldn't say that like he gets the credit, but also mm-hmm. for me he does. I love um, DIT being do it together instead of digital image technician. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> and it can be both. You it know, can be both. Maybe the digital image technicians are getting together, having coffee, helping each other image technish 
to the best of their ability together. Maybe I don't know. Maybe, but uh, no what I do know, the digital image technician is normally just in a van with a bunch of hard drives, while the rest of the film crew is actually making the movie. Okay, <laughs> so, so so holding it down, the dishwasher of the movie world, like the backbone, basically. If you will. Yep. Sh- shout out digital image technicians. Thank you for bringing us all joy. And even though we all left the credits when you were probably on the screen because <laughs> it was not at the top. Yeah, so um, doing it together, mm. I think, was like the biggest thing. And like mm. DIY, a lot of people I know have a lot of complaints. Mm. To an extent, I do too. But there, there is something gratifying about being the person who's like, hey, how do I get to pursue my dream? Mm. And see these people who, for me, it was Fallout Boy. Mm. Um, as dumb as that might sound. I grew up in roughly the same area, mm. um, getting into music roughly at the same time like that they were on their meteoric rise to whatever they are now. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hey, like those are people, like I get at one point I had sideburns and I got called like Patrick Stump a lot. And so it was like, oh, these are people that somewhat look like me. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they aren't without like their critiques or their problems, because yeah. there's a bunch. Um, <laughs> but it was like people from the same area who are doing something that I like, mm-hmm. who are doing something that I'm interested in. Mm-hmm. who are able to do it in a way that was not accessible to them before. Mm-hmm. To me, that was, like, the gateway. That mm-hmm. was, like, the weed into music. That was, like, whatever. Weed's not a gateway drug. Scratch that. Um, <laughs> not my point here. Um, no, like, that was the first time I was like, okay, maybe this is possible for me. Yeah. And then in being able to do it together with other people, it's like, hey, it's not about how much money you made. It's not about, like, hey, how many likes do we have on Facebook mm-hmm. or Spotify plays or how many records do we sell. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, you're doing a thing that I genuinely like. Mm-hmm. And being able to, like, shoulder that with other people together where it's like, hey, you have a bad day. It's what you do with your friends. It's like... You have a bad day? That sucks. Let's go get ice cream. Let's talk about it. Fuck all this. Let's go watch Cheers. You know? <laughs> Being able to do that with like other performers who are also working towards their own thing. Mm-hmm. All that energy being able to go somewhere as opposed to all the pressure being on you or like your band, mm-hmm. group, performance, whatever. Mm-hmm. That is so crucial to me. To maintaining like solid mental health and being able to do this for the long game. That's Tommy, everyone. Uh, Re-listening to that conversation just leaves me so energized and enthused, and I just want to go out and get stuff done and do things that I love, because Tommy is a force of positivity to be reckoned with, and yeah, it's good. It does a body good, and uh, yeah, that's Tommy. Tommy is half of the weekdays. The weekdays just had a new record out entitled Tight. Go out and get it. You go to Possum Heart. You can order various where you can get it digitally they have a, a vinyl release of it if you I, I, certain special orders come with like a single with an eighth track that's not on the album and there's all that cool stuff also on saturday july 15th hey that's my birthday the weekdays are playing a show at the station in charlotte north carolina if you're in that area check it out if you google weekdays tour it'll be one of the first things to pop up for you and that's all of that stuff and of course uh the as always our wonderful theme song is written and recorded by sawyer camden you can find more of his music at warringtonva.bandcamp.com as well as padfoot.bandcamp.com and then i'm mary jane french you can find all of my comings and goings at maryjanefrench.com and also what uh, if you like this show 
Also, if you like this show, you can please subscribe to us and, and review us on iTunes. And also, you should, if you have something that you want to talk to me about, this topic that you like, please pitch us. Send your pitches to mjfnovicepod at gmail.com. That is mjfnovicepod at gmail.com. If you send your pitch there, you can also include an audio recording, five minutes or less, of you talking about the subject that you want to talk to me about. Please send your pitches so we can get like a vibe for how enthusiastic you are and just what I want to know what you're into and what gets you excited, as I am right now talking about being into things to get people excited. And I, I just want to hear it. And if you're in Richmond or if you're nearby, I would be happy to sit down with you if it's a recorder. If you're not, we can do a phone call. And I would love to talk to you that way. And that's fantastic. And also, after Tommy and I stopped recording, Tommy said, like, oh, hey, can we talk a little bit more? Because I want to give some more, like, useful information because he said we're going to talk about tour. And so we did that. So once I stop talking, that's going to play. And then immediately after that, the first track off of Tight is going to play called National Harbor, Maryland. And that's what's going to happen. So I'm going to stop talking. And we're, yeah, I'm going to see y'all next week. So do you have any advice for anyone trying, so like I'm trying to eventually try to do more like DIY touring stuff with comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any advice for someone who like practical, tangible, these are the things you need to bring. This is how you should load your car. Um, oh, I got you on all those things. Um, okay. The first thing I would say is do some dope stuff locally so mm-hmm. it's not necessarily like oh like you have to get on the road because not everybody's ready some yeah. bands or, or artists are great mm. just in town right and so have something built up locally whether it's like a show you can rely on mm-hmm. or booking something that's like really cool to either start or end on that mm-hmm. way you start or end on a positive note mm-hmm. for me that's crucial um in terms of packing a van i would say pack light so mm-hmm. my van's only two people so mm-hmm. if we somehow are able to take a third person it's like okay we're very cognizant of like what are we bringing and how do we make it work mm-hmm. um i've seen people book entire tours where the bulkier parts of their equipment they call ahead to every venue and they're like hey or like reach out to bands um mm-hmm. on those bills and be like hey do you have these things whether it's like drum shells which take up a ton of space mm-hmm. um a bass cab which can take up a ton of space and somebody else is already bringing all of those things mm-hmm. and it can be borrowed then it immediately shores up or freeze up space into what you can bring and then Mm -hmm. also like opens up your options on how to be able to tour Mm -hmm. so i've done tours in like very small vehicles where it's like we got a guitar and a backpack each and some drumsticks and a snare and some optimism and made it work you know Mm -hmm. um i've done it where we've been in like huge suvs where like everybody's got a huge merch bin and it's like oh like we can just do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would say being very cognizant of, like, the vehicle that you have and, like, the space available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, bringing merch is always good because that's how you make money. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how you get the word out. And then somebody 10 minutes outside of Boston buys your record and hits you up, like, a year later. And they're like, hey, this really speaks to me. And I play it in my car every day. That message or email is always cool to get. <laughs> so don't forget merch. Um, in terms of setting it up, what I did, and this kind of sucks because recently, um, there was a website called dodiy.org, mm-hmm. which recently shut down with the political climate and the threats that have been made to many creative spaces. Um, but they were at first a network that was just like, Hey, like here are people in every state and some internationally and like broken out by like country and whatever that are like, Hey, here are these spaces that are willing to like take a cold email and be like, Hey, do you want to come play here? 
And so, like, our first tour in my band, it was like, oh, let's hit up a bunch of those people. Because we didn't know what we were doing. Mm -hmm. We didn't know how to, like, be a person or, like, send an email or, like, be like, hey, we understand we're asking you for this huge thing that could be very stressful that hopefully you're good at. But here's who we are. Here's our music. Um, So now that that resource is gone, I would say if you're going out on your first tour or you're somebody who's toured before but you're looking for a new way to do it, I would say try something that you haven't tried before. Mm -hmm. If it's your first time look do your research on terms of like where are people you like have played in other cities mm. um i cold booked a gig in chicago my favorite city in the world mm. um after never having played there with two locals and us just kind of coming in and nobody knew who we were and we broke even and had a great time and it was a fantastic show you know mm. all from email doing some research and a lot of promotion and optimism mm-hmm. um so like do some research figure out like where do you want to go and what's feasible and how much time? Like all those moving parts we talked about earlier. How do you market in cities that you're not from? Um, unfortunately, a lot of people will just tell you, oh, throw up a sponsored Facebook post and hope for the best. Not how that works. Um, if you're working with other people in the city on the ground, they're your best friend. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who go to those spaces all the time. Mm-hmm. They're the ones who know the people that are willing to show up to things or know how to get to like the record stores or the venues or like mm-hmm. the other spaces where people learn about these things um mm. i don't believe it's all online anymore a lot mm. of it is but like throwing the zuck 20 bucks just to be like hey like please have some people show up to my st louis gig that's that's not the only way to do it and mm. i think there's like a real value in printing out flyers and like mm. sending them to places ahead of time mm. or reaching out to the people who are playing with you and being like hey how can we make this mm. as great as possible it takes a lot of hustle it's not for everyone, but mm-hmm. I think that energy is all going somewhere. Okay. So just reaching out, doing the grunt work, planning way ahead of time, I would mm-hmm. say months in advance before you even announce anything, because stuff's going to fall through, and mm-hmm. like that's going to happen. So as long as you're prepared for it now and you're willing to put in the time, like you can you can make some really cool stuff happen. But awesome. you just got to have the mindset of like, hey, it's not necessarily going to go the way that I thought it was going to go. Mm-hmm. What do we got to do to make it work? Mm-hmm. And then once it works, what do we do to make it a little better than just working. Mm. Stuff's gonna change, but you just gotta know that going in. Everything is tight. We're fine right here tonight, despite constant panic attacks and uncertainty in the lives. Kind of conversation brings a tear to my eye. I thought I was missing out, but this is living. And you smile. 5 a.m., staring at the DC skyline. Ferris wheel outlined, neon lights The first turning over and over again Beginning our lives Goosebump ways bring in the last words of our night
time we talked and we were talking about how weird it is to have a, a fear of dying all the time and you know, I think I think that the best way to handle something like that is to shut your brain.